We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. I am Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. Perpetual Chess is a weekly interview show where top chess players, authors, content creators, and accomplished amateurs discuss their careers and share stories and chess improvement tips. Perpetual Chess is a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we'd like to give special thanks to our presenting chess education sponsor, Chessable.com. For more information about the show, you can go to perpetualchesspod.com. But without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Perpetual Chess. This is an unplanned breaking news edition. Uh, Listeners, you've probably heard the seismic, if not shocking news from the chess world that Magnus Carlsen has made it official that he will not be defending his world championship title. We are joined by a well-known and well-connected Norwegian Chess 24 reporter. He's also a avid chess player, a photographer, a dad. He's been on the show before, but today we've got important news to discuss. So without further ado, let's welcome Tarje Svensson back to the show. Welcome, Tarje. Thank you. Thank you. It's um, good to be back. Yeah, and uh, interesting times to be to be rejoining here. We're recording on International Chess Day, July 20th, the day the news broke. But Tarje, I understand that you, of course, you reported a couple of days ago that close sources to Magnus uh, had said that there's zero chance that he would defend the title under its current conditions. And then you had mentioned to me right before we hit record that you knew the story would be breaking imminently. Yeah, um, I did write the story uh, a couple of days ago, uh, speaking to two sources close to Magnus. Um, that basically that there was zero chance that he would play uh, the match without former changes. But I didn't really know uh, the fact that this was going to be announced within a couple of days uh, later. Um, I just, to me, uh, it seems like people at that point still believed that there was a chance that Magnus would play regardless. Uh, so that story, I think, kind of changed that a bit. Yeah, I agree. You know, as a sports fan and one who tries to be informed, when something like that, a well-sourced story comes out, I always try to ask myself, like, who, who might have the source been and what might have their motivation been? 
And obviously, you're in a delicate situation to speak on this as the reporter. And I'm not asking you who your sources are, but I'm just saying my perspective as an informed chess fan, as I thought about it, was, well, they're trying to establish expectations here. (laughs) They feel like the story's gotten away from them a little bit, and they want people to be ready for what's coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then there was, uh, of course, as, as a reporter, I knew that this was going to break today on International Chess Day. And, and that is something that I didn't expect because as I've been writing on Twitter that I kind of expected this to take a couple of months because Magnus didn't really have any, any obligation to announce this today. Um, there was like a sort of like a, a deadline set, but it was never a real deadline um, that he needed to, needed to follow. But for for the chess world, I guess it's a, it's a good thing that he he announced this, so we can move on and 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 focus on the upcoming world championship match. We we know who is going to play. Yeah, of course we know now that Jan Napomnici will be the air quotes uh, defender against the challenger huh. air quotes. And yeah, I had the same reaction once I had time to think about it. Of course, as a chess fan, I've mentioned before on the podcast, I'm disappointed uh, that Magnus won't defend his title. Um, Certainly, it's his right. I'm not judging in any way. Um, And, you know, you only live once. You've got to do what makes you happy. But nonetheless, um, yeah, the world championship won't be the same without him. No, no, that's clear. It's... um... It's for for as a, as a chess fan, uh, as regardless if you support Magnus or or if you're rooting for him or anyone else, it's it's sad. Of course, it's such a huge is is such um, a huge player in chess history. He's been dominating for ten years, and not to have him play World Championship matches is uh, it's uh, it will be it will be quite different, uh, obviously. But at the same time, he has been very consistent in what he has been saying for a long time for 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 uh, several years so for people who were following for people who have been following his his uh, statements and his 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 interviews uh, i don't think it should come as as a surprise because he has been he's he's, he's saying his opinion he's very frank and and says exactly what it feels so for me, it's uh, this was kind of expected. I just didn't expect it to come now, and I expected it to take a little bit more time. Um, as I said, yeah, better better to know now so that we can all move forward. And yeah, Tarje, again, you've been out in front of this story. You've been trying to manage people's expectations online. And one thing I've noted, you know, I've um, I've generally taken him at his word, although I will admit in recent months, especially in light of what was reported about the meeting with FIDE, I started to get slightly more optimistic that maybe a, an agreement would be reached. But overall, over the past months, as you talk to people closer to Magnus, such as as they talk about on the Chicken Chess Club, and when when I spoke with uh, Grandmaster Jonathan Tisdall, uh, another Norwegian chess reporter, uh, Norwegian by way of America, and of course, uh, your own work, uh, that led me to predominantly be prepared for the worst. Um, And just to cover the news, uh, again, listeners probably have read an article or two about it, but the news, when the news broke, Magnus announced it on his new podcast called The Magnus Effect, which will be sponsored by Unibet. (laughs) And I listened to the first episode. It's going to be a unique blend of uh, 
It sounds like sports talk, betting talk, and maybe some chess talk, at least when he's retiring. Uh, But just to read what Magnus said, he said, ultimately, the conclusion stands, one that I'm pretty comfortable with, one that I've thought about for a long time now. I would say more than a year, probably a year and a half almost since long before the last match. And I've spoken to people in my team. I've spoken to Fide. I spoke to Jan as well. And the conclusion is, yeah, it's simple, that I'm not motivated to play another match. I simply don't feel that I have a lot to gain. I don't particularly like it, and although I'm sure a match would be interesting for historical reasons and all of that, I don't have any inclination to play and simply will not play the match. Um, so, yeah, pr- pretty unequivocal. And, Tarya, you're joining me from um, from Colombia, of course, uh, but you uh, have your finger on the pulse of uh, Nor- Norwegian um, chess fandom, I'm sure. So what do you think the reaction is like back home for you? I think... Um Perhaps Norwegian chess fans are a little bit less surprised than the international chess community. It feels like the international chess community still expected Bagnus to play. But I feel like the Norwegian Norwegian chess community know a little bit more about how much he was against playing another match. Uh, he has been pretty vocal and, and he's, he's, he's much more open in Norwegian interviews. So it, I think... For the general Norwegian chess fan, I think there mostly now is disappointment uh, for one reason because uh, the the, um, the the broadcasts from the World Championship matches are so immensely popular in Norway, and that's going to end now. There is not going to be any more chess broadcasts. Well, there is going to be chess broadcasts, but but kind of like the highlight is that the uh, the World Championship match itself going over weeks uh, and they have been watched by a million Norwegians uh, we're talking about a country with, with five million so I think there's a huge disappointment that's going to end even though we will still see broadcasts from from the World Rapid and Blitz and occasionally some other other events as well um, but um, that will be that will be a huge uh, that will be missed in, in Norway I think yeah, just a staggering uh, percentage of the population to be tuned into an event like that. And yeah, he's, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Tarja, but he's one of the biggest sports stars in Norway, correct? Yes, well, the last the last few years, there are there are some new uh, sports star emerging, like uh, Erling Brett Holland is probably the, the biggest star now, the, the footballer who just signed from Manchester City. And then you have the... Um, the uh, athlete, 1500 meters, uh, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, and you have Karsten Barholm, 400 meters hurdles. But Magnus is, is clearly up there still, uh, but it's it's not going to be the, be the same, obviously, without the World Championship matches. But uh, at least he's, he's going to be he's going to keep playing. Uh, it's not like this is not like a retirement, and he he's, he still has goals to chase. Uh, he can he can kind of like fully focus on trying to edge closer to the twenty nine hundred um, barrier, so to say. Um, for for a chess fan, for a Norwegian chess fan, that could be something worth to follow, I guess. Yeah, it would be nice if people tune in, but that's like such a slog. And Magnus himself has said he might be an underdog to achieve it. So yeah compared to the immediacy and the understandability of a world championship match. Yeah, but, but it, it kind of shows his competitiveness. He always is always striving for 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 improving and for for breaking new records. 
even though he's he's kind of like fed up with the world championship uh, matches, he, he can still try to win even more tournaments and uh, and uh, improve his rating. He's he's capable of that. He just has to. Um, yeah, he, he can still improve, as you say. He's he's his biggest, his biggest uh, critic. It's uh, himself. Yeah, well said. Yeah, and for all the adult improvers listening, he had a quote along those lines that I found um, uh, noteworthy, which was basically he felt like since he started the World Championship cycle, he felt like he'd been kind of pushed away from being able to pursue chess improvement because he'd been so focused on openings for these matches in particular. So right. it's a uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting perspective um, that the studying on these very um, granular lines in like the Petrovs and the Queen's Gambit declines and the Berlins, these openings that are very likely, as uh, I discussed, Christoph Zalecki to appear um, at the top level, but they don't give you like a uh, broader, they don't work to give you like a full scale, broader understanding of chess. So it was interesting that he credited you would think playing for the world championship would be great for your chess, but he, he it sounds like he wasn't so sure. Yeah. Well, it's, it also takes away uh, a lot of time from playing other tournaments. Like uh, he, he, he doesn't, just, he doesn't enjoy all of this preparation and, and this is time that he could have used to, to play other tournaments that he enjoys much more. Um, another, another factor is, is actually like, even though you sometimes see him have this win the tournaments and he's like, yeah, he wins, wins the tournaments, but at some point you feel like, yeah, it was, it was a decent event, but there is something missing. He can still do better. There's always this feeling that, that when he wins the tournament, he can, he can improve and he can do better. And, and that shows, that shows how far he can reach and, and that he still has like an, another level perhaps to get back to, to where he was in 2019. Yeah, um, it, it will be interesting to see. And just to hear, uh, to share rather a few other prominent people's reactions. Um, bear with me, Tarja. I'm going to read a few quotes um, from uh, FIDE President Tvorkovic. He wrote, or he released a statement which said, Magnus Carlsen deserves nothing but respect from FIDE and from the whole chess community and whatever decision he makes regarding his career. Only a handful of people in history can understand and assess the tremendous toll that it takes playing five matches for the title. Um, he goes on to say his decision not to defend his title is undoubtedly a disappointment for the fans and bad news for the spectacle. It leaves a big void, but chess is stronger now than ever, in part thanks to Magnus and the World Championship match, one of the longest and most respected traditions in the world of sports, will go on. Uh, Jan Napomnici, who, uh, as we mentioned at the top, Magnus checked in with before the announcement, said... Personally, for me, it was quite disappointing and quite sad. Maybe he felt himself a hostage of the whole situation. Kasparov had a tweet where he said, staying on top is harder than getting to the top because you're competing against the feeling that you've achieved your life's goal already. Staying motivated after the chess Olympus is like climbing Mount Everest a second time or a sixth. Human need purpose. Humans need purpose. And two more quotes. MVL. Maxime Vashir-Lagrave said, it's a pity, of course, but that the world number one and the world champion for 10 years is not a part of the cycle anymore. Um, and he also said, I think it's not a, the format is not adapted to our times. I thought there were probably better ways of deciding the world championship. It was maybe a time for a change, and maybe this move by Magnus will be a catalyst. And then, uh, last but not least, Ding Loren himself, who you spoke with, Tarje, 
So uh, you spoke with today, we should say. So uh, you shared a picture in the article you wrote for Chess 24. He looked to be on top of the world, despite the fact that he revealed well, he had been recovering from COVID. Tell us more about it, Sergey. Yeah, I, I actually scheduled this meeting yesterday. That was the time when when this wasn't publicly known. I don't think Ding knew that as well. So basically, we basically scheduled this meeting before it was official. I mean, of course, we didn't say anything about what it was about, but but he's he's a top top guy very nice guy and and um, I met him at uh, he was he's in Barcelona and whenever I talked to him he had just received the message like literally I think like 15 20 minutes before uh, I talked to him so he was how do you say it over the moon basically like yeah. he, he, he couldn't keep a straight face he was very happy smiling um, saying he needed to needed to calm down a bit uh, of course this for him, he uh, made it clear this is a huge opportunity for him and uh, uh, a big chance. And, and many people consider him the favorite uh, favorite to to win the match. Um, he, he's he's currently world number two, and although he perhaps hasn't been he hasn't been that clear a favorite compared to the rest, if you kind of remove Magnus. Uh, but at his, we, we all know what he's capable at his very best. He's an incredibly strong player, and and I'm sure he will also have, uh, as he confirmed to me, that he will have a lot of support from the Chinese community, and he also thought that there was a chance that this is a match that could be hosted in, in China. Yeah, I want to pick up that thread in a minute. Yeah, and he also, of course, mentioned that this would be a motivator um, for him to work harder yeah. on his chess, and he mentioned his English, yeah. um, which is not bad for the record. Um, neither is his chess. No. Um, but <laughs> but on the chess front, I know that some people have mentioned, like uh, some top players, that his repertoire is not as broad as other top players, yeah. and he highlighted that himself. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he said he still needs to improve. He's, he's an extremely humble guy, of course. <laughs> he, talking about the role number two, he's... he's uh, well, about twenty eight hundred, and uh, and of course that's that's true. He he can still improve, and, and he needs to improve if he is going to be playing a world championship match. And uh, I don't think he will get a lot of support from the Chinese chess community. So it will be it will be exciting, of course. Yeah, for sure. And and Tarye, I want to thank our sponsors, of course, Chessable.com and Aim Chess. If you decide to check out Aim Chess to review your games from. Lee Chess or um, from chess.com. You can use the code perpetual30 if you end up subscribing. We're also going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And then I want to talk more, Tarye, about uh, perspective world championship uh, venues and all, all the other machinations. Uh, so we'll be right back. And we are back. And Tarye, as you were saying a minute ago, uh, Ding mentioned the possibility of China hosting. And when I saw that, my reaction, I have to admit, was kind of like, well, I hope so, <laughs> because um, it feels like there won't be as many hosts lined up, especially with the possibility, obviously strong possibility of a Russian competitor, given the geopolitical situation, uh, despite Nepo's kind of... Um, you know he's he's not directly implicated obviously in this war but some some people rightfully argue that there shouldn't be a russian challenger at this time um so it could deter sponsors so do you think that ding is on firm ground there suggesting there could be a um a match in china 
I do think so. I, I wouldn't call myself an expert. Like this would be purely speculation from my end, but a match between a Russian and a Chinese, I I would be surprised if there are like too many different markets for for racing millions for such a match, but, but China should definitely be a possibility. And, and uh, when I spoke to Arkady Borkovic uh, about this, he, he came to, to Bogota and I asked him specifically about this. How would, it, how would it be to have a world championship match without Magnus Carlsen? And he insists that, um, that these markets will kind of boom uh, if, a, if a player from that region will win. Um, he, I asked him whether there had been interest from other, and he said he, he didn't mention any places, but I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if, if uh, there are interests from, from China that could host this. And, and China hosted the, uh, the Women's World Championship match, at least half of it, in 2020 between Yu Wenjun and um, Alexandra Goryashkina. So um, it will be interesting to see. Uh, also, it will be interesting to see if, uh, like, what the price point will be. Um, how having a match without uh, the biggest star of the game the last ten years, how that will affect the price point. Yeah, and of course, we'll be following this stuff uh, over over the coming months. Now that this news has dropped, I expect uh, the story to unfold a bit more slowly. Um, and, you know, I do think it's a very compelling matchup. Obviously, I've been, of course, I'd love to see Magnus in it. And I've said and stand by, it may, to me, not feel like a world championship. But Grandmaster Peter Wells was on Twitter uh, pointing out and uh, Nigel Davies that there have been many times in history where the best player is not the world champion. So this will be another. Um, but, Terje, on the topic of, uh, you know, what Dvorkovic told you, one thing that I found curious, and part of the reason I got a little misled about maybe the possibility of Magnus defending his title was, um, you know, Emil Sotovsky and his description of their meeting um, had been slightly more constructive than the way Magnus described it. You know, Sotovsky had said with a smile when he was interviewed with Chess.com uh, during the candidates that it was a constructive conversation, and he sounded optimistic like they might be able to come to terms. And now in Magnus's... Um, both in the story that you reported a couple of days ago and today, it sounds like Magnus told them then that there was no match, at least according to Magnus. So how do you uh, parse this? Target? Yeah, I think this is kind of like politics. I think there is an, uh, I think there is an election coming up and I think they, as you're saying, I think they made it sound like the chances are a little bit higher than they actually were. Uh, from what I hear, there were never any negotiations going on. It was, it was always clear that Magnus wasn't going to play this match, um, even even if they had a meeting. They, they they made it sound like even if you, especially if you read the Alpine uh, report, um, that kind of made chess fans hope that there was a chance, but. That report proved to be quite inaccurate. Uh, they had sources that claimed that there was a. They were kind of hopeful that he would play uh, if there were certain format changes. Um, so, yeah. Um, 
from what I hear, there were there were absolutely no negotiations. Uh, Magnus never made any demands, uh, and he had already made up his mind uh, a long time ago, with the exception of uh, Firusha, probably. I think there could be a pl- another player who would kind of like hmm, made him think a little bit or or consider it for a little bit longer. But but in the end, it's. It was pretty clear that he wasn't going to play this match. Yeah, um, yeah, it's all it's all come to light now. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, even people like uh, Fabiano Caruana and uh, Hikaru Nakamura have been on the record that they basically thought Magnus was bluffing. And uh, Hikaru talked about it on his stream today, which you can also find on on his YouTube channel. And you know, there's so many what ifs that I don't want to speculate. Uh, too wildly or for too long but there does seem you tweeted that you didn't think and obviously again you're close to uh, the situation you didn't think it necessarily would have made a difference if it were Hikaru who of course was very close to being the next in line if he had held his last game against Ding Liren Um, you didn't think it would have made a difference if it was Hikaru lined up to play Nepo. You still think Magnus would have made the same decision? Yeah, definitely. I I, I, I don't agree with, with Hikaru that uh, if Hikaru had finished, uh, finished second, uh, that then Magnus would decide to play Nepo. Uh, that, that was the impression uh, I got from, from his, his take. And uh, I, 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 I think he, he has, if, if you watch the podcast, you, you see how clear he, he, he was. Uh, if you listen to the podcast and, and you see how, how clear he has been on, on the lack of motivation, and you, you compare that with his previous statements, I, I, I just cannot imagine that it would have made a difference uh, at all. Um, I, I'm still a bit surprised. I have to say again, a surprise that all of the top players they should know how Frank Magnus is with all his statements uh, and and all, all the interviews. And every time he's been saying the same thing that that he's, he lacks motivation. So, so um, yeah, they, they still kept believing that he was bluffing they were mysterious because they, I guess they don't fully quite understand how you can turn down um, the biggest opportunity, the biggest uh, chance that you have as a chess player. Yeah, yeah, I do think that's what it is. And I think that obviously you've interacted with a lot of chess fans online and you pointed to a prior tweet where you'd uh, invited conversations um, about uh, the likelihood that Magnus would defend his title, and there were just so many replies. Yeah. Um, as I as I said, I've I've not judged the situation perfectly at times, so I'm not judging anyone who is fooled. I do think that what you what you allude to, it's it's just we think of I, it in our shoes, but not in Magnus. I have to say, like, I, it's not like I don't understand people. Uh, like, I, I do understand people uh, as well. Uh, it's not like uh, uh, I can understand people are surprised. Um, but for like to, to to turn down a chance like that, uh, but at the same time, like if if you pay a little, if you paid a little bit of attention to to the things you have been said, saying that it, it shouldn't really come as a, as a big surprise. Yeah, and just one or two more questions, Tarje. Um So of course there have been various discussions of format. Um, if if 
FIDE were to change the format wholesale, which I know a lot of people, again, I know I understand a lot of people are against it. And I understand that uh, a lot of people have said if you incorporate more Blitz and Rapid, you're just turning it into the, the World Rapid and Blitz or, you know, the World Cup format or something like that. Now, I think there's room for differing formats, but I did want to, you know, I understand people's uh, critiques. Um, but if they were to drastically change the format, how likely do you think Magnus would be to, to reemerge, which he didn't rule out, by the way, uh, in, in his statement generally? Um, yeah, I think uh, I think the only chance for him to return if, if there is a, cons- a considerably different format. Uh, he's not going to return if you have the same format that he has been criticizing for a long time. I have to say that over the years, ever since he was like a teenager, he has been criticizing or had been suggesting other formats. And he hasn't been entirely consistent with his suggestions. Now, I don't really have any strong preference for either format. Like, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a big supporter for the, the format that he suggested. But I do think that the chess ball should be more open to, to changes and to to kind of like modernize the format and and you can also include some rapids and even blitz to determine uh, who is the not only the best player but the most complete player. Um, but at the same time, of course, I understand that it is after all a classical classical world championship. So the the classical part should be the most important. Um, part of, of um, such a match um, but I, I can imagine that that now this is a huge loss for FIDE to to be without the the, the, the biggest star of the game uh, so like like Marcella Grau said today it's it's possible that there won't be any changes for this cycle but I can imagine that that they will be going through a, a serious process in order to look for a better format, uh, perhaps a format that can tempt Carlsen to return in the future. Yeah, uh, MVL, I thought, was eloquent in that short statement. And as as has been said before on this podcast, uh, you know, Tarje and I were chess journalists, but also chess fans, and everyone listening is a chess fan. But ultimately, what really matters is what the top players think. So yeah. to hear someone like MVL weigh in is valuable. Yeah. But Hikaru, on the other hand, despite his tremendous acumen at faster formats, seems uh, to not be an advocate of big change. So it's it's important to get those those 20, 25 people whose opinions really matter and find out what they, what they think. I, I think the current format has its... Um ups and downs. Uh, I don't think uh, there are many fans who enjoy this uh, perhaps uh, dry, uh, boring, boring draws or, or with long prepped lines uh, that's yeah, not that entertaining for fans. So there has to be a way to kind of modernize um, while at the same time keeping some tradition and and try to find try to find the middle way one one format that could perhaps attract new fans into the game yeah well Targay, there's going to be plenty of time to react we always enjoy your writing on chess 24 and uh, obviously Targay is a must must follow on Twitter for any serious 
chess fan. Um, do you have anything to add before we say our goodbyes on this um, this uh, huge day in chess history, this landmark day? Well, there's uh, a lot of chess to follow. Uh, still, there there are plenty of events to follow. Like we have the the uh, Zagreb event that is a lot of fun to to follow. Uh, Rapid and Blitz, which is always entertaining, and then you have the chess Olympiad, Olympiad coming up in just one and a half week, I think. It's going to be super fun with Carlsen in action and most of the top players. Uh, perhaps not very exciting to follow who is going to win the team event. Um, USA is the huge favorite. And then then you'll have... Um, then, you, of course, you have the Chess24 uh, online events, the Melford Champions Chess Tour with the... FTX Crypto Cup in Miami. Um, and there is also one event that hasn't really been mentioned much that is going to be taking place in October, which is the uh, the uh, Fisher Random World Championship um, that is taking place in uh, Iceland. And Carlsen, oh, wow. Carlsen is playing, and I believe also Wesley So has been confirmed. Um, uh, and that's I think that's going to be a cool event to follow. So... Even even without Carlson uh, in the next World Championship match, we're going to be seeing uh, seeing a lot of a lot of great chess from the World Champion and in general from all the top players. Yeah, it was impressive to hear how busy Magnus's upcoming chess schedule is. So it is good, it is reassuring, as you say, that he and the chess world will go on. Uh, but uh, yeah, certainly a memorable day. And before we say our goodbyes, just a quick note for listeners. Obviously, we'll be talking about this more in uh, future weeks and months here on the podcast, but we will be getting back to sort of uh, regular programming. So uh, next week, we won't be talking about it, although we do have a bonus pod with FIDE presidential candidate uh, Barish Politz coming soon and uh, more stuff like that. But generally... Um, you know, as the news cycle moves slower, we will have less world championship stuff to react to. But, but Target, thank you for making yourself available on short notice. I know it's been a been, probably been a pretty busy day uh, for you of recent. Thanks, Ben. It's uh, always great to be on your show. Appreciate your work. Thanks to everyone who helps make Perpetual Chess possible. Big shout out to my producer, Matthew Passy. I'd also like to thank the Blue Wire Podcast Network, with whom we are proud to be affiliated. Be sure to follow us on social media, Beneficial1 on Twitter, at Perpetual Chess on Instagram, and or you can join the Perpetual Chess Facebook group. You can email me, ben at perpetualchesspod.com. And of course, last but not least, I'd like to give major thanks to the Perpetual Chess Patreon and PayPal supporters. Those who choose to join that community based on their level of support can do things like submit questions for guests of the show, have access to live Zoom Q&A lectures with grandmasters who often have appeared on the show, going over chess games, answering questions, stuff like that. And you can even get access to ad-free perpetual chess if that's your preference. So, But most of all, thanks to everyone for listening, and we will catch you all on the next episode.
Social Podcast Network.